You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome to episode 7 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today I'm super excited because we are talking tomato growing advice. I've spent the first several episodes talking about the basics of gardening, soil health, that kind of thing, and I really, really want to get into some specific vegetable growing advice, and I cannot wait. But first, a word from our sponsor. I want to start this episode by talking a little bit about the different kinds of tomato varieties. So there are about a million, which is a little bit of a hyperbolic statement, but a lot of tomato varieties. But they come in generally two categories, and those two categories are indeterminate and determinate. So indeterminate tomato varieties are like the energizer bunny of tomato plants. They keep going and going and going. Once they start fruiting, they don't stop until they get hit with a hard freeze. The same goes for their height and the length of their branches. Like my San Marzano tomatoes can easily get over six feet tall. Indeterminate tomatoes need lots of space and they're best for big gardens. On the other hand, determinate tomatoes reach a certain size, the plants reach a certain size at full maturity and they stop there. They fruit and then they're done for the year. So determinate tomato varieties are good for smaller gardens, and once they're done, you can pull them out. Ideally, you'd plant something fast-growing that will mature before the first freeze like beans. When it comes to transplanting your tomatoes, your seedling tomatoes, it's best to either start seedlings from seed in February or March, or buy your tomato seedlings at a garden center in May, and then transplant them. I don't recommend sowing tomato seeds directly into the soil outdoors. You'd have to wait until the soil warmed up past around like 70 degrees to do that. And that means that by the time that tomato plant reached maturity, like you would not get tomatoes until fall, which gives them a really, really short fruiting window. So it's recommended, first of all, that you start with tomato seedlings. As a summer crop, tomatoes like warm weather, and a late spring frost can easily kill a tomato seedling. So it's important to make sure you transplant seedlings only after the threat of frost has passed. And if you're not sure where that is for your area, you can Google USDA hardiness zones. So there's different colored bands in the USDA hardiness zone map. And you just have to look at, like generally on the map, where the city is that you live in. And that will tell you what your USDA hardiness zone is. And in addition to that map, they generally have a chart that tells you when the last expected spring frost is for your area. But that's not always 100% correct. So you'll want to keep an eye on the forecast surrounding the week that you plan to transplant. And just make sure that no surprise frosts are in the forecast. When you transplant your tomato seedlings, Plant it a little bit deeper than it was potted in the little seedling starter pot. Tomato stems are really incredible in that they'll actually root if that portion of the stem is buried. And this extra bit of additional root gives the tomato plant some solid support, which they'll need as they begin to fruit because that fruit gets really heavy. 
As far as watering tomato plants go, so for the first week after you transplant your tomato seedlings, you should water those transplants every day. This encourages the roots to spread out and take hold in the new soil. But after that, make sure that your tomatoes get about an inch of water a week. And that inch of water a week includes rainfall. So if you're not sure how much it's rained, I encourage you to get a rain gauge. They are super cheap. I think the one that I got was like $3.75 or something like that off of Amazon. Really easy to read. It's plastic, so you don't have to worry about it really breaking. Definitely do it. It will help you understand how much you need to water your garden and your individual plants in general. Once daily temperatures start to climb into the mid-80 degree Fahrenheit range or higher, I typically end up watering my tomatoes about two inches of water per week. And it's kind of hard to know what that looks like in terms of how long to water when that comes out of your garden hose. So I water my tomatoes every other day when the, toma- when the temperatures get kind of the mid-80s or higher. If it gets above 100 degrees Fahrenheit, I water them every day just because things are so very hot. And I have raised beds, so raised beds drain and dry out quicker than gardens that are planted in the ground. So I water my raised beds every day once the temperature gets above 100 degrees. When it comes to fertilizing, tomato plants are known to be heavy feeders. If a plant is a heavy feeder, that means that they take a lot of nutrients out of the soil. And and it's really no surprise because tomato plants produce several pounds of fruit. So to keep your tomatoes happy, it's a good idea to feed them a few times during the growing season. I recommend using a good composted manure or organic compost because organic fertilizer slowly releases nutrients into the soil and gives the roots time to to take it up. So a lot of times when you fertilize with a chemical fertilizer, it's not slow releasing, it's really fast acting. And so it ends up leaching out of the soil naturally over time or through rainfall before the roots have a chance to take all of the available, you know, fertilizer, all the available nutrients up. But with organic compost, it slowly releases and it gives the roots time to take it up as it needs it. I heap a few spadefuls of manure or compost at the base of each plant twice per season, once when the plants start to blossom, and again, once when they begin to set fruit. Speaking of blossoming, tomato blossoms are monosexual, which means that they have both female and male parts. This makes pollination really easy. A single visit from a bee or a little bit of wind is all it takes. As opposed to this, you know, you have like cucumber plants or squash plants, which have male flowers and female flowers. And the pollination rate on the female flowers is a lot lower than monosexual plants because you have to have a bee that visits a male flower first and then visits the female flower after and that doesn't happen all the time. But even though pollination with monosexual blossoms is is really easy, sometimes there's still problems with blossoms. A lot of people end up asking or end up googling why are my tomato blossoms dropping? It's really frustrating when it happens. I It happens to me sometimes too. Tomato blossom drop can happen for lots of reasons. Maybe there's not enough nutrients in the soil to sustain fruit. The plant can sense that, and so it drops blossoms and waits for a more opportune time to start setting fruit. Maybe there's not enough water to sustain fruit. Um, the plant is experiencing drought or you know you've forgotten to water it. Maybe there's too much water. 
um, and, and the plant is, is not happy because of that. Maybe temperatures are too low. A lot of times if tomato plants have started blossoming and the average temperature or sometimes the temperature at night falls below 50 degrees Fahrenheit, a tomato plant will drop its blossoms. And sometimes a tomato plant drops its blossoms because of a bacterial or fungal infection. Some people like to say that heat can cause tomato blossom drop, but honestly, it gets to be over 100 degrees Fahrenheit every summer where I live in northeast Kansas, and that doesn't seem to affect my tomato blossoms. So I would say that if you are experiencing tomato blossom drop, heat is probably not the culprit. It's probably one of those other things. When it comes to pruning tomato plants, everybody has different opinions when it comes to pruning tomatoes. So Rather than saying that what I'm about to say is the right way to do it, I'm just going to tell you that these approaches are what I do to prune my tomato plants, and it works reliably for me. The first point is pinching off suckers. So when seedlings are about a foot tall, I start pruning suckers off. And these are the shoots that grow out of the armpit of the plant. If you go to my website, beanbasil.com, and you search for how to prune a tomato plant, you'll get some really nice images that what I'm talking about. But this is the place where a branch meets the stem, and it creates like this sort of L shape. And there's a little kind of um, shoot that's growing out of the crux of that L shape. Um, those are suckers and you can simply snap them off with your thumb and forefinger, but don't throw them away. You can actually set those suckers into water and they will root after I would say three to five days. That gives you a whole new tomato seedling for free. Once it roots, you can plant it in the ground and it will grow up just like any of your other tomato seedlings that you've already planted. The second way that I prune my tomatoes is I prune the bottoms of my tomato plants. So once my tomato plants are about three to four feet tall, they're blossoming, they're setting fruit. At this point, I take a good sharp set of pruning shears. And this is really critical because they make a good clean cut that is going to heal quickly. I use those shears to prune the branches and leaves from the first 18 inches from the soil up. Why do I do this? Several reasons. One, no leaves at the bottom means that when it rains, soil won't splash up onto the leaves, encouraging bacterial soil-borne diseases. Two, it makes it easier for me to trace problem branches back to the right plant. Three, it makes it easier to check for pests. Four, it makes it easier to see which plants I've fertilized and which ones I have yet to fertilize if it's fertilizing time. And five, it makes it easier to water the plants at root level, at the bottom of the plant at soil level where water is desperately needed. The third way that I prune my tomatoes is cutting back. So I do this especially with my indeterminate tomatoes because they can get a little too enthusiastic with their growing. And I have to cut them back to make them a more manageable height or size. If they are so high that I can't reach the top, or the branches are getting so long that they're blocking the pathways in my garden or invading other plants' personal space, I have to do that. Because once they get that big, I, I can't check for pests as easily. I can't harvest as easily. It just makes taking care of the plant a lot more difficult. So I will cut branches back or I will cut the height of the plant down. 
And don't worry, I have cut my tomato plants from the top and from the sides multiple times in one season, and they do just fine. They are strong growers. They are determined to survive. But the key, again, is to use a sharp set of pruning shears that makes a clean cut, which will heal more quickly and be less likely to get infected. Support. So support is really, really important for tomato plants. Like I mentioned, tomato plants produce several pounds of fruit each. And even though the roots provide a lot of support, that's primarily support for the main stem, not the branches. So it's best to give your tomato plants some extra support. A lot of people use those simple wire tomato cages. They're inexpensive. They're made of galvanized steel, so they're, they either won't rust or they maybe rust just a tiny little bit at the um, joints where they've been welded together. They're reusable, and, and they provide a fair amount of support. I have several of them that I use in my garden. You can also use steel posts strung with garden wire, which is something that I'm trying out this year to kind of keep everything corralled. Or you can spring for more expensive, kind of that really hard plastic tomato cages that are four feet or taller, which are really great if you're growing an indeterminate tomato, because like I said, my indeterminate tomatoes can get to be about six feet tall or taller. So that's all I have for you today in terms of tomato growing advice. I hope that you found it helpful. I hope that it makes you feel more confident when starting out with your new tomato seedlings or makes you more confident um, if you have started your tomatoes from seed and you're a little bit worried about transplanting them out in the garden. I hope this makes you feel a little bit better, makes you feel a little bit safer putting those little tomato babies in the ground. If you like this episode and you found it helpful, please, please, please make sure you leave a review. I love to hear from you. Again, there are some pictures available on my website at beeandbasil.com. You might find those helpful just as a visual example. And otherwise, I will see you guys next time for episode eight. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.